the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, Tampa Bay. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm squawking at you on 860-WGULAM. By the way, this is interactive talk radio, but I do have a specific topic for each show, so we try and stick with that. And we are at 813-289-1860. That's 813-289-1860. And toll free, if you're outside of the Tampa Bay area, anywhere in North America, give me a shout. 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. I have two special guests with me here today, folks. Dr. Rolf Iskandara and Dr. William Assad. Now, these guys have funny-sounding names, and you may say, what are you doing, Handelman? You're making nice with the Arabs or what? These guys are actually Christians from originally from Egypt, and they are going to share with us their experiences growing up in an Islamic country where they're the minority. And also, we'll talk a little bit about Islam if we have time. We'll kind of touch and go here and see what see what takes. So, Dr. Roth, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Briefly, my friend, briefly. Yes. How are you doing, sir? It's great to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was born in Alexandria, Egypt at a time, actually just at the end of the uh, uh, royal regime in Egypt, and that was a turning point time, actually, because that's the end of the um, family of the Muhammad Ali family and the beginning of a new revolution, new time. I was educated at um, a Catholic school. I was educated in a Christian Catholic school, which was one of the famous ones which existed there. I learned uh, several languages. I speak several languages in addition to the Arabic. I, of course, uh, was educated also there in the St. Mark College, Alexandria. It was very famous, actually. I had a lot of friends from around the world. And, of course, after that, I went to university there. So you've traveled all over the world. I guess you're a Ph.D. in uh chemistry that's correct and you've worked with one of the big oil companies and so your experience is really greater than most people uh, in the world because you've seen so much yeah we also have with us today dr william assad who is a world-renowned local oncologist yay yeah (laughs) he practices in tampa good morning doctor good morning dr bill um I'm Dr. William Assad. Uh, I'm an oncologist. I got my uh, medical degree from uh, Cairo University in Egypt, and then I stayed uh, to prepare for uh, a master in surgery, and I moved to the United States in 1981. I got married, and I have two beautiful children, 
Andrew and Elizabeth. Hey, uh, Andrew. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey. <laughs> and uh, right now I'm practicing in, uh, Tampa. in South Tampa. Good for you, my friend. So I'm excited to have you guys here. Now, let me explain something, folks. These guys are Coptic Christians, which is different from Roman Christians. All of us in the United States, or most of us, except for a small community, are of the Roman Christian uh, branch. The, the, the empire, the Roman Empire, split into two separate empires, but actually working together, supposedly. There was the Eastern and the Western. The Eastern is where Constantinople is, now Istanbul, and the Western Empire remained in the Italian Peninsula primarily. And so Christianity, which was set up along the same lines as the Roman Empire by Constantine, also split into an Eastern and Western church. These guys are the Eastern guys. They're the Constantinopolists down both. And you have, you guys have uh, your own pope. Yes. I mean, the church was founded in 69. So that was yeah. actually before Constantinople. And it was actually at a time where the beginning of the Christianity started spreading around in Europe and in the East Mediterranean. And, of course, we had four churches at that time. In fact, five, Jerusalem, Antioch, Constantinople, and Rome, and, of course, Alexandria. So we are part of that Alexandria church. Yeah, and and so the Alexandria church is still, you you follow the Eastern Rite, I take it. Correct. That's a little bit different from what uh, Roman Catholics and the Protestants know. There have been changes along the years. At yeah. the beginning, they were all the same, and it was time. There have been some differences, yeah. minor differences in some cases. So yeah. it's not really differences. It's just Well, the basic difference. tenets of Christianity are that you have to accept Jesus as God, the same. that there's a trinity, and that the there's an, uh, an afterlife, and the same. All, this, all the same tenets yeah. of Christianity. Uh, are, are the same with you guys. You just have a different pope and a little bit different in, in the way you do your rites. And so you guys were a minority in Egypt. No, we were a majority at the beginning. No, 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 not, not, not back then. It, Today. Let, let, yeah, let me clarify that. For the first five to six hundred years of the, uh, of the inception of Christianity by Jesus, the Roman Empire was largely Roman or Eastern Catholics, Christians, And so when Egypt was conquered by the Muslims and forced into Islam, 80 to 90 percent of the population in, in the 7th century, 8th century, were Christians. Correct. And so, but when you guys grew up in, in yeah. Egypt now, you're the minority. Yep, correct. And so I, I don't know what percentage of the Egyptian population is Muslim, very small. 10 to 15, uh, Muslims, uh, Christians, 10, Christians, 10, 10 I mean, to 15 percent. I think it's more than 15 percent. So it's a sizable minority. Sure. And, and so this has been a problem, though, because you've been persecuted throughout the years yep. by, by uh, Islamic people and Islamic ideology. And this has is, uh, is led in part to what they're revolting against now. It has, diff- it has different uh, impacts along the years. I mean, persecution has different um, mean- meanings and, of course, different depths of it. Uh, at certain times, it wasn't really in the real persecution form uh, which we have today, and it has, has differed. It has changed along the years. Sometimes it went up and extreme. Sometimes it went b- down to the normal situation. I must say that I had, and I still have a lot of friends which are Muslims, which are my brothers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, unfortunately, there is still a lot of the 
those who are not really well um, educated or well aware of the real meanings of their belief and religion who started to create and added to the existing differences and created the, the persecution which we know about. So we felt it in different ways, but not from everybody. Yep. And it has, of course, changed with time. Well, of course. And now we see ISIS throwing all the way back to the inception of uh, Islam and trying to practice strictly the Sharia and follow the Quran. And the Quran is the recitation in English, and it, it was made that way by uh, Muhammad because most of the people in the Arabian Peninsula were illiterate. They couldn't read, so he wanted that message to be passed on, so everybody was forced to memorize. And the kids that go to the special Muslim schools now have to memorize the whole Quran in Arabic. And that's one mark of being a, quote, quote, true Muslim with the, the these throwback guys like ISIS. And we think that they're a bunch of nuts and that they're all psychopaths, but they're not. I mean, they're following a strict uh, code of of ethics and morals and laws laid down by Muhammad and by the uh, way Muhammad lived. And to be the perfect Muslim in their eyes is to be like Muhammad was in every way. Yeah. And so this is this is a big problem. But now Egypt now has a new president. What's his name? Assisi? Yes, Abdel Fattah Assisi. And he uh, is actually helping the Coptic Christians. He, he went after the uh, terrorist in, where was that, in Libya? Yes. yes, he he is actually is a, I don't want to say a moderate. He is actually he does represent the the Muslims, which are really in a true meaning of the original Islam or the Islam of peace and sharing and living, and he represents that fact. And then he, of course, is clearly mentioned in his message that uh, the Muslims has to, Islamic Islamic world has to revisit what they are, the teachings today are, and the direction they are taking it, because it is not necessarily all what was mentioned in the, in, in the Quran or, or what the Islam is preaching. However, people are taking some of these into extremes and using some of the verses and the chapters into definition and going to the extreme side of it. So he's asking, and courageously, the Islamic world today to revisit the teaching and the way it is presented to represent the real peaceful meaning of it. Yeah, to show tolerance towards uh, non-Muslims. And and I, I agree with you, this guy's going to be assassinated. I, that, that goes without saying. It's very courageous and sticking yeah. a very good step. But uh, for those of you who don't know, he is the Egyptian president who a few weeks ago ordered bombings of the ISIS factions in Libya because they had massacred, cut the heads off of 20, 25. 21. 21 Coptic Christians and... Uh, thankfully, somebody in the Muslim world, is, Islamic world, is standing up. But I'm afraid that this guy's not going to last long. <clears throat> He's going to be assassinated. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you can do about it other than to... He's a courageous man, yeah. and we, we, we pray for him yeah. since his message was a peace message. And he looked at those Christians actually as Christians and as Egyptians, too. Oh, we, yeah, and they were Egyptians. They were Egyptian citizens. Exactly. And, they, and Egypt should protect our citizens uh, regardless. But I've heard stories uh, from one of the guys in the ER, emergency department at our hospitals, uh, who grew up in Egypt as a Coptic Christian, and he talks about the... Uh, the raping of the women and the police refusing to do anything about it, the Muslims raping Christian women. And uh, the, I don't know what all you guys have experienced, but certainly something made you get out of Egypt and come to the United States. 
Dr. Bill, what, what was your reason for coming here? Um, I, I, I do believe that uh, Egypt has always been the origin of um, philosophy and wisdom of the world. And I would not have left Egypt unless it was almost impossible to live as a free man. Um, I left during the, um, the tyranny of Sadat, although most folks do love Sadat, but Sadat promoted the Islamic faction of the Muslim Brotherhood, and they killed him at the end because in their eyes he was not uh, a true Muslim. Um, well, how were you treated? What, uh, made you, what made you decide to? Es- es- essentially, we were, uh, before, before the 70s, we were um, in harmony with the rest as long as we watch what we say and behave amongst the, um, amongst the community. Uh, but uh, none of us, none of the Christians would be promoted to a higher level of government position. So you couldn't move up? No. I mean, you cannot, you cannot uh, get a post in the, in the university. You would always be preferred on top uh, positions by Muslims. Yep. The, um, the issue today is much totally different. I, I, don't, I don't think, and most people would understand what I'm saying when I say this is not a local um, Middle Eastern problem. This is not uh, what happened in Egypt or what happened in Syria. No, this is uh, a national, international issue that um, we see it in Somal. We saw it here in in the United States uh, at 9-11. We also saw that in the Boston Marathon. We saw that in in France uh, um, recently. And uh, and it, it promotes violence in the name of Islam. Well, this isn't new, though. I mean, when I was growing up, I was raised Catholic. Uh, I call myself a secular Catholic. I don't believe in God in the form that Christianity or any other religion has taught. But I like the morals and values for the most part, so I'm a secular Catholic. But we learned as kids that Islam and Muhammad was the prophet of the sword and that he was able to conquer, not by a good message like Jesus had, but by going in and saying, you're going to convert or else. You know, this is war, and you're the enemy of the Muslims, and, and it's God's charge that he has given us to conquer the world and make it Islamic. So I don't think that, that what you experienced from 1970 to today is any different in, in terms of the overall waxing and waning. I mean, the Crusades, most people think the Crusades, this has been promulgated by the Muslims and by our Protestant brothers that the Crusades were preemptive strikes and that they were uh, by the Christians, the Roman Christians, and that they they were for no other reason than monetary gain and that sort of thing. Actually, the Muslim world had been encroaching on Christianity from its inception. They had conquered Egypt, all of North Africa, Spain and Portugal, the Iberian Peninsula. They even gotten into southern France and were defeated at Tours by Charlemagne's grandfather, Charles the Hammer. They were up in the Italian peninsula. They were in the Balkans, which is where Greece is. And so I, I don't think that what you saw is new, but I do want to know how it affected you. Um, 
uh, essentially it affected the, the whole country because the theme after, after in the 70s and the following years became you have to function and look like um, uh, Muslim. Muslim, okay. Uh, and it started to, sh- to in the in the in the eyes of uh, folks to, to be watchful of what they say and what they do, <coughs> what they behave. But it became, it became um, increasingly more difficult after uh, in the 80s and 90s when the Muslim Brotherhood started taking all, pos- all higher positions in the government. Now, were, were, uh, were Coptic Christians uh, uh, killed, murdered during the, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood era in the 80s and 90s? And actually, up until just recently, the Muslim Brotherhood had a strong hand in Egypt. Uh, did you have any friends who were uh, killed for no reason or persecuted in some way? The uh, the all the all the government, the the police and the uh, the intelligence in Egypt looked the other way when um, a Coptic girl would been kidnapped, forced into Islam, and uh, we had a big. Um, Rally here in the in Tampa about um, an incident where a girl was kidnapped and forced into marrying someone and and became Muslim and she would try to get back to her original Christianity and was refused and be, because if she would have converted from Islam the, to Christianity she would be considered uh, criminal and she would be stoned. Um, and that that was going on in Egypt while you were there, right? So also, you, you you knew of incidences where people were were persecuted, stoned, persecuted, stoned, and killed. They were not stoned because they refused her return to Christianity, and we were um, having a, a, an uprising to allow her to come to go back to Christianity. Also, churches was, has been burned, and the the uh, the last of all issues, of course, is. Um, is the killing of the, not only the 21 people in in Libya, but before that, uh, four years ago, um, there was a peaceful demonstration um, in front of the TV station by Coptic Christians asking for their rights, and uh, the cars and the um, monitors were crushing them, and and just. Uh, uh, the the videotapes are overwhelming. We we had also um, a demonstration here in, in the Tampa Bay area, and we explained to everybody how is although the revolution quote unquote has been established in Egypt um, four years ago, but it's still the mode at that time was anti-Christians. The 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 Muslim Brotherhood taking over uh, everybody in the Western uh, Hemisphere looks th- at this as a peaceful takeover, and it was democratically done. We don't believe so. We think the election of uh, Morsi uh, has been fabricated, and uh, of course. Um, the violence increased so much at that point against uh, Christians. Uh, the the arise the the what what the Western countries don't understand is 
in some areas of the world, democracy needs to grow. Need to it's a baby. Need to grow to become a human, a full human being, like the democracy in the United States when Martin Luther King Jr. asked for the rights of the blacks to vote. So democracy takes into stages and it becomes a mature person after a while. In Egypt, at that point, this was not a democratic election. This was a takeover by the Muslim Brotherhood from the street up. Yeah, and we, I think that most of us now understand that, uh, that democracy does not work de novo, and most Americans don't know our own history, which is that we had 100 to 150 years of democracy before we declared independence from England, and basically we were a teenager leaving home. You know, we told Dad, if, we're, if you're going to make us pay tax, we want to vote. If we don't get a vote in household affairs, we're gone. But uh, as Thomas Jefferson pointed out, uh, there were 13 colonies, all with a little bit different types of democracy in place. So, But I agree with you, and I think most Americans realize that now. My concern is that the basic tenets of Islam are the antithesis of what we hold dear as Westerners, that is the Western thought that the Greeks gave us, that uh, we do have free will, and there is... Uh, a difference between the spiritual world and the physical world, and uh, that they're not the same. And, and as Jesus taught us, that government is one thing and religion is another. Islam is not that. They cannot be that. I mean, they can't call themselves a Muslim if they practice that way. The state and the church and Islam are one. Yeah. And the rule of law is given by God through the Quran, through the Sirah, and the Hadith, which are their holy books, and the Sharia is the law that is laid down. I don't see any way to reconcile that. I don't think that you can go from believing that the Quran is the absolute word of God to saying, well, maybe some of it's not correct. So I think it's going to be a big problem for them. And the other problem the Muslims have is if this is God's will, the Quran, the Sirah, the Hadith, then what choices do I have? And we're just the opposite. We say God made us, and he made us with free will so that we can make choices. And that's how we learn and grow, especially in a democracy. I have to differ with you here, Dr. Bill. Um, I don't think this is a war between religions because if, if I turn this into such a thing, then in, in the eyes of the world, all Muslims are criminals. And that is not true. I don't really care very much who do you believe in as long as you abide by the law of the land. But what I'm saying is that if you practice Islam as it was meant to be practiced by Muhammad, there's only one law of the land, and there's no room for anything else. Yeah, this is where actually there's maybe a kind of difference in point of view. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think... People know exactly what they believe Muhammad meant by this, because a lot of his saying at the beginning was actually in tolerance and in with a degree of freedom, and then some other parts were talking about much more restrictive and uh, in, from the sense of the freedom and so on. So the challenge is uh, they they don't understand exactly which way to go to take the extreme side or the moderate side, because both of them are mentioned in in, in the Quran. And, and it's the extremists who are 
flourishing on the extreme side and putting it as the main issue. But if they go back in part of the Quran, there is a lot of talk about tolerance and peace and understanding. And that's why they have a challenge. And the leaders have a challenge today in saying that this is not the true meaning of it. And the others say, no, it is the true meaning of it. So that's a really big challenge for them to come to the world and present themselves the I way need, it I should need, be. I need, I need to interject here because I, I think it, if you're an atheist and don't believe in anything, that doesn't give you any right to kill anybody. If you're Christian, if you're Muslim, if you're anybody, there is no right for you to kill an innocent person. The killing and the judgment is for the law. And the law of the land is what what controls. What's happening now is a fraction came out and saying, no, 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 we don't abide by the law of the land or the constitution because we have our own law and we're going to follow our own law. And this is not acceptable. I, I, I don't promote... Um, violence against anybody and at the same time I want everybody to have their own freedom to practice what they want to practice well I, you know doc I understand that we we hear you say that and we we understand that that is your feeling and that may be some maybe the feeling of some Muslims who are quote quote moderate but what I'm saying is that if you look at the Quran as the word of God that it was given to Muhammad through the angel Gabriel after he had a seizure, uh, and this is the absolute word of God. And and if you split it in, if you split it up into historical chapters rather than the length of the chapters of the Quran, you'll see that there's two sides to it. There's when Muhammad was in Mecca, yes, and he couldn't get anybody to follow him. He had been kicked out of Medina for his ideas, and he had a handful of followers. And they said, well, if we can't do it by persuasion let's do it by force and then you get the most of the quran which supersedes the first half of the quran says you know you aren't supposed to tolerate anybody other than muslims and if you're jewish or christian you have to pay the tax you have to submit you have no rights you have no vote which is true in a number of muslim countries including pakistan indonesia of course saudi arabia kuwait i mean all these countries are are following what the Quran says. So I don't see how you can call yourself a good Muslim if you're not doing what the Quran says. And I don't believe that the majority of Muslims, even though they may not be violent, they may be nonviolent, I'm not sure that they would uh, see what goes on in, in the more extreme countries as being wrong or bad. I mean, it's okay in the Quran. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to chop off the heads or enslave polytheist and atheist and I mean that's what they do to me and that's what they're doing to people that are wandering into their web in in, in Syria you have something to say yes I mean that's basically uh, I agree there's a challenge there that's a challenge there because a lot of those Muslims uh, have been uh, brainwashed and a lot of those who are not really well illiterate or well educated or aware or or has got a chance to really read each, even the whole Quran, they have been brainwashed to go into the extreme way, which is extracted from that part of the Quran, and they built on it, the Sharia, of course, coming out of it, and they built on it the whole tendency and belief. The brotherhoods, Muslim brothers, who started early in 19th century, in 19th century uh, 
is actually a very strong and extreme movement which existed some, so many years and was trying to hide and under the, the different regimes was trying to survive and sometimes come up on the surface. But these people today are taking that extreme and they are believing in what they're doing and those people around them being brainwashed to go that direction and they are growing by the minute. And unfortunately, they are not aware, totally aware, or even their own religion, because if they look at it as a whole, as a totality, they'll find there is a good part of it and a peaceful part of it and a contradicting part of it. And the question is, which one should they follow or which one should they apply? The, the, generality, the, the majority of them would not go that extreme way. But it's, again, those who are not well-educated, who did not have the chance to understand really the meaning of their religion even, who are tending to go to that direction, and many are forced, by the way. Many are forced to follow this direction, and they are threatened, even here in the U.S. I know that, and I'm sure there's a lot of them are threatened if they can say anything against it, even if it does represent their own belief. It's a, it's a great danger, and it's growing every day, and as you hear, all the alliances coming from even Africa to everywhere for this, uh, I would say, movement. I would say it's a very difficult, strange threatening movement going on, and it has to be stopped because even the Muslims themselves, they realize this is destructing their okay. own religion. Well, I, you know, Doc, I, I don't think that it's just a small group of ignorant people. I think that uh, there are some very intelligent people involved in this, and there are uh, many college-educated people, even from uh, Europe and now, as you point out, from the United States and Canada. And, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about first world countries where everybody has to go to school and uh, get a high school degree in theory and I'm, I'm, I just don't agree with you. I don't think this is just the poor and the ignorant that are picking this up and I, I do believe that we have to stop it but I think that if we don't say the truth on this that we will end up being conquered. The Koran is not only uh, a, a philosophy or theology it's also uh, a state it is a way of governing. It is, and most of the Quran is given over to this, to or the Sharia rather, which is the laws. How do you govern? And you can't separate basic Islam from. You can't separate the theological side from the socio-political side. They are the same. And on that thought, I need to go see a man about a horse. This is Doctor Bill. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A series of events in Selma, Alabama today will mark the conclusion of the weekend's Bloody Sunday 50th anniversary commemoration. Today's events include church services, film screenings, and a pre-march rally at the foot of the Edmund Pettus Bridge. President Obama was there yesterday. 
A spokesman for a Moscow court says five suspects in the killing of opposition figure Boris Nemtsov have been delivered to the court for arraignment. The uh, statement delivered to reporters outside the courthouse today. The reporters were not let inside. The first comprehensive report into the mystery of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 sheds little light on aviation's biggest mystery. Investigators say they'll have to find the plane before they know more. And daylight savings time is back for most of the country as of 2 a.m. local time. That means clocks should have been set ahead one full hour before you went to bed last night. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2799. That's 727-771-2795. Here at AM860, The Answer, we know it's difficult to get the word out about stuff that's important to you. Events, meetings, that kind of thing. Well, we can help. Submit your event at am860theanswer.com forward slash local events and reach the audience you're looking for free. All events are subject to station approval. Once your announcement is approved, you'll see your message at am860theanswer.com. You may even hear your announcement on the air. Do we care about this community? Yeah, yeah, we do. AM 860, the answer. Israel, an unfailing friend of our nation and a beacon of freedom in the Middle East. Israel, a land where faith finds its foundation and history comes to life. This fall, AM 860, the answer, in partnership with Genesis Tours, invites you on a nine-day journey to stand with Israel. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher and gain insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. You'll come to appreciate firsthand the people, events, and history of this remarkable nation. See all the places you've read and heard about. The Golan Heights, the Western Wall, Jerusalem, and the Dead Sea. All in the safety and comfort of first-class accommodations. Look forward to something special this year. Stand with Israel this fall. For all details and to register today, visit am860theanswer.com and enter the keyword Israel. That's am860theanswer.com. Keyword Israel. Clouds will give way to some sun trend today. I-79. Expect patchy clouds tonight. Low 66. Variably cloudy tomorrow. The few showers. High 82. And Tuesday, partly sunny skies are likely. High 84. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Jeremy Pearson for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. we got a hot topic today, guys. Talking with two Coptic Christians who are now American citizens, Dr. Rolf Iskandar and Dr. William Assad. Uh, these guys have these funny-sounding Eastern European uh, 
southern European, southeast, uh, Greek, uh, Egyptian names. Ishkandar, by the way, is... Alexander. Alexander. And for those of you who don't remember your history lessons, Alexander the Great conquered most of what was the known world then. He even got to India, and I think he died on a campaign there. And the great city of Alexandria is named after him. And what happened when when Alexander died is he split the empire, or the, his general split the empire up. Uh, Ptolemy was his main man, and Egypt was the was the jewel in, in Alexander's conquest crown. So he got Egypt, and there we had the Ptolemaic uh, pharaohs. Pharaohs, yes. Uh, but they were actually Greeks. Yes, they there, were there was a pure Greek bloodline, but they, they became then, then the mixed. Yes, yeah. So, uh, and you know, the last one was the Cleopatra, which is yes, a, a mixed Greek Egyptian. Yeah, and Cleopatra, the seventh actually, she is number seven. Yep, she's uh, was a great lady. She did a lot of great things for Egypt, and she even sacrificed her life for the Egyptian cause to save her country. Yeah. So that's a wonderful thing. But at any rate, so we're talking about all this uh, in in light of of Islam and of, of the rise of ISIS, the brotherhood of the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, which is what ISIS stands for. And this is a very uh, fundamentalistic, uh, strictly adherent to the Koran, the Sirah, and the Hadaf, which are the three books of Islam. And a lot of the uh, law was taken from the Sirah, which is how Muhammad lived. And we see these people trying to emulate him again. And uh, I think Dr. Bill wanted to talk a little bit about how they're recruiting these kids and why they're going over there to fight. Um, I I thought that um, uh, it's only an issue of the uh, Middle East or the ignorance, but apparently it is not. And uh, the last issue that brought up in the news was three underage girls from the United Kingdom uh, leaving their homes and trying to flee to Turkey to join ISIS. And their parents discovered that and um, asked the authorities to stop them. And actually, the authorities in the United Kingdom stopped them at the airport while they are getting into to take the flight. Uh, and I'm I'm totally surprised how the media and how um, ISIS and those fanatics portray themselves to be heaven on earth for young minds. There must be something. How can you, anybody who lives in a free country like the United Kingdom or America uh, believe that uh, Control and suppression is the way of living. Of course, everybody tries to give them reasons and say they were all suppressed themselves. Excuse me, they're not suppressed. They are into schools like everybody else. They get their breakfast and lunch and dinner. Um, they live their own lives. I don't think any of 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 these girls had been through any... Um, suppressive action against them from the government. But somehow brainwashing young kids, uh, young adults, look at the Boston Marathon uh, incidents. Two brothers lived in the United States, but they were fed those thoughts by their mother, saying that this is the way it should be. 
and they go back for for a small vi- for a for a tiny little visit. They come to the United States and they kill innocent people in the marathon because they do believe that this is the way they should behave. Yeah, but they don't they don't see uh, Christians as innocent people. So, you know, in their minds, they're they're acting heroically. And uh, you know, you ask how can they be this way? Well, if you hear from from birth, uh, a certain way to live and act and behave, and you juxtapose it as you can do very easily with, if you're a Muslim or if you're, uh, if you're a very fundamentalistic Jew or Christian, and you and you juxtapose it with the freedoms that we have in the United States and the way we conduct ourselves, and, and you really have this in, almost innate, I guess it is innate because it's from birth, this feeling that something's not right with these crazy Americans, and if we're not careful, they're going to take over the world and the whole world will be a mess and nobody will get to heaven. If you're one of these guys and you see that and you grow up in this, you're you're going to do what you think is necessary. And we, Christians, Coptic, Roman, we are the enemy. Jews too. Everybody, you know? in fact, who doesn't believe in what they they believe. And that's right. And even though the early Quran says uh, we we should tolerate Muslims should tolerate Christian and Jews. Later it says that they should be uh, isolated, taxed, and uh, submissive. And if they at some point agree to accept the Quran as the last word of God, then then they'll be given more rights. But we see this even today, as I said earlier. If you live in almost any majority Muslim country in the world, you're not going to have any rights if you're not a Muslim. As you guys pointed out, you can't move up. You can't get university posts uh, in Pakistan. Uh, Hindus can't vote. They have non-voting members in the parliament, but they have no vote inside parliament. You can't be a majority owner of a business. You have to have a Muslim with you. And the Muslim uh, businessmen often follow the Sharia. And there are certain things that you cannot invest in or be associated with as a Muslim. So, uh, you know, I, I... I would like to think that this is just a bunch of nuts who have been brainwashed, but I, you know, I don't see that. I mean, I see it quite differently, and I think a lot of Americans are starting to see it quite differently. I'll tell you what, our women better wake up. You know, they have been the mainstay of voting in the liberal, uh, pacifist, internationalist, socialist guys like uh, Obama. And at some point, they're going to find themselves slaves if they're not careful not not my generation but three or four generations down that islam could very easily sweep across this country uh, my my the point i want to bring up from from um, this these instances is we have to be very careful um, in educating the majority of folks on how these groups function they are um very sneaky, they can twist facts, and they can reach the kids and the adults from that generation to come back to the Western countries and to the United States and do harm. So we, the, the media has to take its rule to start educating the public on how dangerous this is. Also, uh, I think we have to pay more attention to the mosques rising up in in the, in the Western countries, 
and find out what they teach, how they teach it, and if if it is not with the law of land, then we have to look into it and um, make it more difficult for for folks to get out, go join ISIS, and come back and harm us in 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 here. Well, uh, you know we we are already seeing that in some of the Western countries, Australia will take away your passport so you can't travel outside of Australia if you are uh, a member of one of these extremist groups. And so it has begun. The United States is going to be more difficult politically and correct and all that. And uh, as you know, if a Democrat says one thing, a Republican is going to say another just because they're, they're, they have to assert their difference. And, of course, in private they're buddies, but in public, you know, it's like prize fighters. They all know each other. But uh, when they get in the ring and you see them, they're knocking the poop out of each other. But uh, I, th- I think that the, the the press, the media, using that as a vehicle to educate people is a wonderful idea. By the way, I am the media, and I am educating people. So, Chris, you'll speak for me, won't you, bud? All right. Chris says he's all with me. So I've been a minority of the media for two reasons. One, because... They're afraid it's politically unpopular. Number two, most people in the media don't have as much education as I do. They don't. They haven't read what I've read. Uh, they haven't experienced what I've experienced. So you, you have to have a lot of me around in order to get the word out. But part of me is now you. Well, thank and you, you guys are, are doing a great job, and I hope that you continue to understand that you're, you're – you don't want to say anything to offend anybody. You, you have other things to consider. I understand that. I mean, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, ignorance is an extremely dangerous thing. And, and that's why, as you mentioned, media has a, a major role. Unfortunately, that's not happening. Ignorance about the origins of these people, the origins of the movement, the origins of the whole thing, I mean, has to be taught. I mean, as uh, Dr. Assad mentioned, the youth doesn't understand. They go to schools and they keep hearing about it. In at home, they get an education, and 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 around. We have to be careful. and at the mosque. Exactly, we have to be careful. They are abusing liberties and freedoms. It is an yep. abuse, which is a dangerous abuse, and has to be watched. So that the real freedom is to be applied, which is respect of others and respect of freedom of the others. So this is where I think there's a lot of work which needs to be done, and I appreciate your work, and I appreciate what you're doing. Not a lot of people are doing that, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> all I mean, misty. <laughs> I, I believe that by educating people, by opening up to the people what's re- the reality of what's happening around the world and the origins of all these movements and the real uh, 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 or targets and objectives of them, it will definitely... Uh, uh, let people understand and will uh, um, stop their their movement. Of course, politically speaking, also there is a big message to our political uh, regime and our representatives. They need to do their job. I don't think they are doing a good job so far. They need to understand and implement. Well, it. They, you know, it's hard to understand because uh, there's there's a, a, a there's a big disconnect, as I said earlier. You know, the Constitution of the United States is really our Bible. And I even hear friends of mine say, one of my friends, uh, I said, what do you want for your for your boys? And she's Jewish. And she said, in this order, I want them to be good Jews. Now, now see, I would say I want my kids to be good Americans, Americans. first. And, and then she went on to say the other things. 
the problem I have with that is that any holy book or any idea or lack of idea, if you're an atheist, is only protected and only allowed if we have the Constitution. Now, Islam and the Quran, I don't care if you're modern, if you're ancient, I don't care who you follow, whether you're a Wahhabi or, or you're a, a Shia, you know, the, the basic concept, and this has been true since before there was Islam, is that the Eastern world believes in uh, a predetermination that there is a divine being that gives all law. The Western world, we say, God made us, and then he said to us, well, you're on your own. You can ask me for help, and I may or may not answer, depending on the circumstances, but you have to make the decisions. You have to be a big boy and a big girl. You have to grow up. And so if, if Islam ever gets a majority in this country, the Constitution will essentially be gone. That'll be the end of it. And if we don't realize that, if our leaders don't realize that, if the public doesn't realize that, then what we have built over the past three, 400 years, this great experiment in democracy, it'll be gone from the face of the earth. Um, Dr. Bell, I have a second point to make in, in, in this <clears throat> issue. Uh, media and education is the first part. The second part is churches. And, and I, I would ask every denomination to pay more attention to the minds of the youth and the youngest amongst them. Because these are vulnerable in, in, in hearing different things on the media. And you want to teach them, don't let them get out. We need to stop beating ourselves up and saying, oh, Catholics are no good. To the point that now we have two types of Catholics, practicing Catholics and non-practicing Catholics. There should not be such a thing. The church and, and, and the synagogue is, and any other part in teaching kids' religion should be teaching them what God meant to be, and protect them against the media. Kids gets their most of their education now from the internet, and and it's dangerous. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave our kids and our young generation to a vicious media that can brainwash them and make them believe that it is okay to kill. Well, you know, I, I, I think you make a good point, but I'll tell you what my, my friend, uh, uh, who's uh, a Chinese fellow, he's in the United States practicing now, uh, he thinks that China, even though it is an oppressive and, and uh, oligarchical, monolithic type of government, he thinks that it will be impossible to keep democracy out because of the Internet. And although there are abuses of the Internet, and I, I don't deny that, there are also a lot of good sides to it. And I think that that is something that worries the Democrats, and they want to control that a little bit more. But from my point of view, and having raised a kid in the uh, the electronic intermediate, uh, media and the Internet age, he's now 18 and a freshman in college, he was on the Internet all the time. But he read, I mean, he read about everything and anything that interested him. And it was available. And this is unbelievable. And I had some folks on the show uh, a few months ago. He was uh, uh, an oncologist at, uh, 
at Moffitt and Tampa General on this faculty there. And we got off on uh, talking about the website called patientslikeme.com. And even doctors don't know about this. It's a, it's a website where you can go and you can look for other people who have your rare condition and, and what's being done. And now the doctors are going there and they're doing research. So information that would have taken months and years to gather, they're gathering in days, weeks, a month. So I, I don't think we should condemn, uh, nor should we absolutely condone all aspects of the Internet. But if we don't keep it free and we don't allow people to have that choice, then we're not being true to what we say we believe in, which is freedom of choice. Parents have to help the kids and govern them through that. But I don't think that they're going to follow that. They're going to follow, for the most part, what they see their parents do. Exactly. And that is my the, the, that is the point I probably was trying to make, is you have to establish your, your um, faith, in the children and the tolerance of your faith in the children and not fight like we, we cannot fight the church at this time. We cannot fight among us ourselves at this time. We have to be united and we have to establish how to teach our kids. As you said, even the Western countries, the kids grow up to bomb the marathon because what happened as children, what they told them, Moses um, followed his lead to be the leader of the Jews because of his mother's teaching in the first 40 years, although he was grow- he grown up and, and uh, was living in, in the palace. Yet, when time comes and he had to make a decision, he followed his heart and his youngest uh, Yep. Teach you. Just a quick message. I want to. I want to say. I mean, you got one minute. Okay, because <laughs> the show's almost over. I mean, it's. I mean, let's let's uh, let's understand that we were born all the same. We need to respect each other. Freedom is freedom, and freedom of choice is freedom of choice. You cannot force one to the to force the other one. This is the basics of the main religions, and this is what we believe in. We respect people. We love people. love everyone. We want them to respect everybody else. Uh, one last message I want to say is that basically for our political regime, follow the moderates. Do not forget what they're trying to do. They are the best deal for you in going on and fighting ISIS and what's going on out of it. It's going to be extremely dangerous. Let's try and do that. Let's follow the moderates, support them. Don't do the reverse because, unfortunately, some currents are going the right, the wrong direction. So please understand and follow. Well, God I, bless you. I hope that you're right, Doc. Uh, you know, what I see, though, is that uh, we've faced this before with Japan and Germany. Uh, we've faced this before with other uh, beliefs and nations that are basically uh, theocracies. And the only way that it can be changed is to go in and conquer and leave uh, a governor there that is an American that understands that culture but is going to help these people get to a democracy. And you're going to have to pull people out of the uh, dark ages and the middle ages, basically. So uh, I, I hope that you're right, but I don't think moderatism is going to do it for us. I think that we're going to have to take a hard line, and we're going to have to unite, as Dr. Bill said. And we're going to have to face this with uh, all of the zeal and effort and war machines that we face the Nazis and the uh, Imperial Japanese with. So I may be wrong, and I hope that I am, because I certainly don't want to see my kid go to war and get killed. 
But if, if, if you want to have a peaceful nation, as George Washington said, have a strong military. And don't let anything interfere with that. Amen. Amen. All right, we're getting near the end, Chris. So how much time we got left, bud? 20 seconds? Oh, my God, he's going to take my microphone away, y'all. 15. Well, listen, this is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and you know that you can get the truth right here on The Answer at 860-WGUL.com. Goodbye, guys. Love you. And 5, 10, 25, I get 30, 50, there we go, 75, $100, he said, our quarter. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.